ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pause Reviews podcast back for season two. As always, I'm your host, Frank, joined by my trusty co-host, and it ain't Joe, it's Tim. Welcome back, Tim. Hey, look at you. You're so little. Oh, sorry. Dude, no, no one's called sorry. me little since like <laughs> preschool. That's all right. I got it's you know, I've only been talking to, to a baby for six weeks. Oh wait, no, seven weeks. It'll be eight weeks on Monday. Next Monday. Wow. Yeah, so seven weeks. Seven weeks today. <laughs> oh dude, so first of all, we got a, the official congrats. Obviously, you and I have spoken. Yes. But the official on air congratulations, my friend, yeah, to you, you and your lovely wife on the new edition. How are things? We're good. This break of ours, I mean, it went by quickly for, for both of us for different reasons. So I, I, de- I definitely feel cheated out of my official sign-off. We had a couple of fun things planned. Uh, there was mm. one or two things that we were really looking forward to do. And yeah. we knew, Frank and I knew we were kind of maybe you know racing the clock a little bit, but um, we ended up having the baby 10 days earlier. So thanks to Joseph for, for filling in. It's been great it's been interesting um you know it's we're we're learning the ropes feeling a little bit more settled in feeling like i can do this i'm sitting here i'm awake <laughs> i'm not drinking coffee i don't have any caffeine with me carissa's got her i upstairs. know my name i know what day <laughs> <Yeah>. it is <laughs> uh, no that's true but that's that's not a baby thing that's just a result <laughs> of the past almost 365 days of covid uh, yeah, I mean, and especially this weekend, we got a snowstorm in the D.C. area. I mean, that's a whole nother thing in quarantine. Like, yeah. I don't know what was happening yesterday. So, no, things are good. She's beautiful. She's keeping us entertained and on our toes. And um, we're we're just happy to happy to be here and ready to roll again for, oh, for this season, too. That's awesome, man. I'm so happy for you guys. And I can attest she is the cutest freaking baby. Yeah, <laughs> she she came out pretty cute. We're yeah. very happy about that. She looks so. so much like Carissa, which helps. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> she got all of her mom's looks. So <laughs> nothing from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So what? It's so weird. So this. It's so weird being back. And like you said, this time flew by. To be honest, I had very lofty ideas and goals set for what. I was going to accomplish during the break. Yep. The whole reason we decided to take the break, A, was, you know, I, I don't want to burn out. I don't want us yep. to burn out. And it's nice to sort of, it's nice to not have to do something so that you can miss it and appreciate yes. doing it and come back energized, ready to roll. Yep. And I think I've definitely hit that point. Like, I feel yep. like I've been ready to come back for probably about two weeks. Yeah, I think, and we're going to talk a little bit about this as, you know, we kind of explore our plans going forward, but I definitely got back into, you know, we've had this time sitting around with, you know, with the baby, getting to know her, getting to know her routines. We've had time to watch some stuff, but without the direction of, you know, the episodes, I used, you know, like, okay, this week I got to watch a handful of stuff so we can do a rewind episode or I got to focus on this movie so we can talk about this in a deep dive. Mm. Without that direction, I've been lost again. You know, it's it's yes. like, let's, let's surf HBO Max and Disney Plus and all this stuff. And we're coming out of the holidays where you watch all your Christmas movies and – 
it's been like, what do I do now? And I just feel so adrift <laughs> again in the digital sea that it's been hard to, you know, kind of glom onto something. We did spend some time kind of catching up and filling some holes early on when we thought we had all this, like, when we thought baby stuff was easy. We're like, ah, yeah, <laughs> sit down, let's watch a movie. Let's kill some time before we go to bed. Um, you know, let's, let's fill this hole. A couple of things that you and I had talked about. Um, a couple things Carissa had never seen. We went on a little bit of a, a Disney and a Pixar binge. And after <laughs> those like kind of blissful weeks wore off, then we were like, I don't know. I've, I don't, I don't have the thought process anymore to, to figure something out. So yes. we're back in the surfing for 20 minutes. Like what's new here? What's new there? And then, you know, finding something old going back to an old standby um so i've definitely felt directionless <laughs> so yeah so and this that ended up being a huge blessing in disguise so you know i i thought coming back for season two i was like we're gonna have a brand new intro i'm gonna have yeah. a mission statement written out we're gonna have a tagline we're gonna get a social media management platform and and i'm gonna like there was so much i wanted to do as you were realizing that those first couple of days when the baby comes out just totally punch drunk and exhausted <laughs> and sleeps for hours and you're like, this is what everyone complains about. Right. Uh, and then all of a sudden the switch flips. I thought it would going to be so easy to, to just implement these sweeping changes to the structure of the show. And uh, and then turns out that there's a lot of research and legwork and, and just all kinds of stuff that probably should have been done way before season one. Um, but, you know, we, I, I did get uh, I did get some time. To, to really think about things, you know, I fell into like a black pit of mm. reality TV and just weird <laughs> stuff. You know, I kind of just went the complete opposite of my normal watch patterns. And but in doing that, right, and having that downtime, I became overwhelmed and just flush with options. Because while yeah. we've all cut the cable cord, we've just replaced it with 17 other platforms to consume yeah. Not only licensed content, you know, like the older classic movies or regular movies, whatever, but original content. Yep. And I mean, just like turning on my Roku and just, you know, the apps available, sitting down without that direction, without, you know, the schedule of what we needed to watch. I, I would burn an hour, two hours flipping through Netflix, then Hulu, then Disney Plus, then Stars, yep. then HBO Max, then, you know, whatever else looking to see what they had, trying to decide what I was in the mood for. And by the time I was done searching, time had already gone and it was like, forget it. I'll just, you know, watch Colbert real quick on YouTube or right. throw on, you know, Parks and Rec for 30 minutes and crash. Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's now that is the new equivalent for what we went through when we grew up and first got digital cable, right? Where you had like, 200 plus channels and then you know 30 channels of movies on hbo and stars and cinemax yes. or whatever you you added to your cable package where you'd go through it or go through the guide for you know an hour and they'd be like oh there's nothing on and then just put on cops again for hours and hours <laughs> on, on, on spike <laughs> or whatever like it's, it's just like it, it is that problem again oh there's nothing on there's a ton of stuff but without an impulse to watch it, you might be missing something good. And and right. that's what I got out of season one, right? There were plenty of things that 
we're like, okay, we're doing an episode on this, and it's something I would have never thought to watch, and I really enjoyed. Um, John Wick trilogy, uh, true romance stuff that I would have never picked up on my own. Like, you know, I was I, I know the name True Romance, but that's not the movie I was thinking of. You know, you hear True Romance, that's not a movie I thought I was ever going to watch. Right. But it's not the movie you expected it to be. Same with John Wick. Like, I'm not a huge Keanu fan, but that those those movies are awesome. I love all three of them. You know, to varying degrees, but. I'm so happy I've watched them and I've watched them again. So I think, you know, that change, one of those changes that we're looking at is, you know, wanting to be that voice, that, that curation, right. Of like, what can I watch that, you know, you're not (laughs) spending all that time, maybe sort of let us do that legwork. And then, you know, we can kind of be a, a, a bastion <laughs> light in the darkness, you know, to help you navigate that digital sea I, re- I referred to before yeah. and know that what is out there that is worth your while, you know, because even in pandemic time, you don't have a lot of free time, right? You know, with the baby and stuff, I don't have hours a day or hours a night to, to waste on a chance on something. So, yep. you know, you want to know that what you're going to sit down and watch is worth your time or not. That's exactly spot on. And and couple all of that with one of the things I loved the most in season one, which which fueled a lot of these decisions as well. I loved hearing what you were just talking about, not only from you, although it's it's different because, you know, you and I have a friendship outside of this. And so I feel like, right. you know, we get each other and it's like, oh, like if I watch something or I recommend something, it's because I feel very confident Tim likes things in this vein and would get a kick out of this. Yeah. But what I really loved is hearing from the listeners when, when they would, I mean, we don't know half of these people (laughs) of the 12 people who listen, we only know six. And so when, when we would hear back from folks where they would say, you know, Hey, I saw that you did this episode on this movie. It's not something I ever felt, you know, compelled to watch. And then I watched it and either I loved it or I felt this about it, but it sparked a conversation right huge boost number one someone saw something we talked about and it inspired them to watch that thing number two it then generated a dialogue between two people at least us and them or me and them or them and someone else where they talked about this and and that's why i started this when i watch movies or tv I, i have strong reactions and feelings about things and and i didn't have anywhere to go with that because my wife could give a crap <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> right, and right. so sparking this dialogue and having this place where where we can all get together and share in this was a huge thing for me and to watch that happen in real time was a big boost so yeah what does that mean for the format and for the show season two and going forward um Jeez. You're not going to see like drastic sweeping changes. So essentially our format is going to stay the same. Every other week we're going to have a deep dive and every other week we're going to have a rewind. But the deep dives are going to still be those in-depth conversations about one particular movie. Maybe occasionally a series or something like that. But Mm -hmm. primarily one movie and it's going to be something that we feel positive about. Positively about. Like we something we enjoyed. Um, because we want that to really be our opportunity to help curate and guide content to people that we enjoy and discuss why. And, and, you know, so we'll still give the background information. We'll talk about the, how it got made type stuff. And then we'll break down the things we liked and didn't like, but how the good outweighed the bad. 
Yeah. And what I really want that to do is now that's not going to necessarily be the most recent releases because mm-hmm. there's just not the time to watch something that drops on a Friday and then record it in time on a Sunday or on a Monday uh, because we want to put in that legwork, right? Yeah. So it won't necessarily always be the newest releases, but those are going to be the titles where you want to sit down and watch something. You can go to the podcast. You can see what we've talked about in a deep dive and feel confident that you can throw that on because we're recommending it and see what you think. Come back, listen to the episode, and then we can, you know, have that dialogue. In addition to that, one of the things that we do when we sit down to pick something to watch, right, is you're sifting through all the stuff and it's, I'm in the mood for something funny, or I'm in the mood for something thrillery, or creepy, or sad, or whatever, right? Yep. And we have these, you know, it's just you're craving something, and you can't always necessarily say exactly what it is. But I want to think of a way, and, and we have to sort this out, but eventually the episodes will also be tagged in such a way that you can actually search the library by mood, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll speak to this in the episodes moving forward as well and say this is the perfect thing to watch if you want something, whatever. And we, we're going to come up with that scale. So that's something that you'll see introduced as season two moves forward as well. Yeah. Yep. For the rewinds, I feel like we got lost a bit in the themes, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we've used the rewinds a lot at the end of last season uh, to talk about, you know, things thematically, be it Halloween yeah. movies or Christmas movies or top this or top that. And while that may still be an occasional feature of the show, that might shift to something more like a bonus episode or some type of bonus content like on, a, I don't know, like IG Live or something like that, right? Yes, um, yes. And, and the goal is to keep those really back to what they were always intended to be, which is what have we been watching in the two weeks in between mm-hmm. the deep dive episodes? Because that's going to be the space for those new releases. If you're just looking for a quick fire, I want to know to watch. You don't have to come and listen to the whole rewind right away. You can go to Instagram. I post up those images of the movies that we discuss with the big check mark or the big X. And you can use that as your guide to say, okay, they gave this a check mark. Let's throw that on. Let's watch that. And then come back and listen to the episode later. But it, but the main goal here is for us to, uh, with the deep dives, really focus on the good of movies and, and really help you guys find something to watch and to love and, and at least to discuss. Um, yeah. And, and then with the rewinds where we can still touch base on those new release things and give honest opinions, yay or nay, in a quick fire way that you guys can, again, find something to watch that night. And then lastly is that sense of community, right? Because the other thing that I've been dying to do, and as I mentioned, the reason we started this was to have these conversations, to have a place where, you know, like amateur cinephiles can go with this passion that you have that you can, uh, you know, talk about it and make recommendations. And we want to hear from you. We want to engage with you. We want to watch the movies you recommend as much as we want you to watch the ones we recommend. And we want to yeah. talk about why we liked it or didn't or, or whatever. And so I think the third thing is to really try this season to build that sense of community with our listeners and offer a lot more access to us. Um, yes. You know, through, like I said, like Instagram Live or or other events and ways that we can engage with the listeners and that they can engage with us, that you can engage with us. Absolutely. Um, 
And I think finally, too. And shocker is, that we couldn't do all that in five weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and I think that, you know, the final thing that we have talked about is, you know, having that community understand why they can come to us as an authority. On, mm, on oh, this good stuff. point. You know, we get, um, you know, a lot of questions from, you know, you know people that we've worked workshops some stuff with. Frank's been talking to some people. We've had some meetings with some folks. And, you know, one of the questions that we keep getting was, why should people trust your opinions? Why should, you know, what makes it different? And, you know, Frank and I have had long discussions about where where we come from, you know, what we want to be seen as. And, you know, we talked about being these curators, you know, helping you navigate all of these available things. And, what gives us the authority to talk to you know to to make these recommendations and talk about these movies and you know frank has a background in 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 film i don't Uh, you know i have a background in theater i love music i consider myself to be you know kind of a a modern renaissance man i anything that i get in you know i dabble in a little bit of everything i like to cook i like to do home projects i like to diy stuff i do crafts um you know i i'm into a little bit of everything and I just feel like if you, if I can get a passion about something, then I can learn and you can research and, you know, you talk to somebody who has a little bit of knowledge, you can do this stuff for yourself, right? So we're not necessarily experts on any of this. We, we understand mm. performances and what goes into productions of various types. And, you know, we can talk to, to that and the bones of stuff, but, you know, we're not, you know, Hollywood has-beens or Hollywood necessarily wannabes, although I think in, in, in another life, Frank would definitely... Oh, I'm 100% a Hollywood <laughs> wannabe. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, you know, it's like we're, we are putting that, you know, it, it, it's still sort of, to me, it's an average Joe sort of mm. situation, right? Like, we're just normal people at the end of the day streaming the same stuff that everybody else is. But we can kind of do the legwork for you and 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 you can trust our opinions because we are passionate about it and we can put some critical thought into these things, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And and I think that was a lot of the feedback that I was getting because I really build it as an average Joe's take. And the yeah. truth is, though, that we're kind of not in a sense. And, and that was that was a lot of what folks were saying is like, Frank, you have a film degree. You know, you yeah. are a screenwriter and you have you know, you're familiar with narrative, This, you know, like just the narrative structure of film and how yeah. how movies are made and how television is made. And the and my degree is in producing. So uh, really like the business side of filmmaking and television uh, was a huge focus of that program. And so I have this sort of background knowledge. You come from a theater background. You also understand a strong sense of character development and arcs and narratology and all that kind of stuff as well, because it's all creative storytelling. So with all of that, I think it is coming to terms and accepting the fact that we're not necessarily average Joes. But I think, too, is that we aren't jaded by it. We still yeah. have a strong passion for it. And and for us, knowing how the sausage is made doesn't taint how good the sausage tastes. And, yeah. and I think we can intelligently and thoroughly discuss and break down the filmmaking process and the good and the bad of a movie so that we can lay all the cards out on the table for folks to understand what worked or what didn't and as to mm-hmm. why and spark that conversation but also not be not lose you know we can still separate ourselves from the critical 
like deep dive into something and yeah. still just enjoy the magic of it. And I think that's a special thing that gets lost with a lot of critics, especially um, who yep. would just tear something down because I don't know, they want to make themselves sound better and more important. Um, so I want, I want folks to see us as curators and critics that they can relate to and know mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, you know, that just because something might not be perfect, it doesn't mean that the movie on the whole is bad. Um, right. and, and so, and those are the types of things that we're going to talk about and break down for you guys. So this is what you guys can expect to start mm -hmm. to form and build over the course of the next few weeks and months. Um, yep. and, and as more and more gets introduced, as we, as we make changes and, and introduce new features and, and whatever, we will keep you guys updated because there's so much, there's so much coming down the line. We're going to be doing so much more with Instagram and using that a lot more to engage with you guys live and in real time. Uh, we want desperately more of your feedback, requests, recommendations, questions, um, and we can address those in shows or we can do it there. There's so many options and we really want to get more hands-on with that stuff. So I'm super excited. Uh, yes. I think that we probably could have done with a longer break, but I don't think I could have survived that. Yep, <laughs> and I'm so excited to get back to work and continue to work as this season goes on. We're going to run season two, just like last season, all the way up to the bitter end. We'll probably stop right before Christmas. Uh, so yeah. we'll end it around the midpoint of December. We'll take our Christmas break and we'll take another short break before we launch season three. And you can expect that to be the regular schedule of this show. But lots is going to change between now and then. But the bones will stay the same that you've yeah. come to love and enjoy. Uh, oh, yeah. So anyways, I'm, I'm dude, I'm excited. I could talk about it all day, but that's not why we're here. <laughs> no, it's not. We're going to talk about a couple of those things that have... Uh, actually sort of happened during the break so yeah i'm excited we want to focus on two things that we watched during the break number one the new netflix series bridgerton and i yep. say new it came out on like christmas and yep. uh and then we we have been talking about wanting to see the movie freaky ever yep. since it was announced and 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 when it dropped it was only in theaters which was stupid and then it was like for rent only and i wasn't sure i wanted to pay 20 bucks to rent it but yep. it has since become available to buy for $15 and I believe it's available to rent like for a normal price, like three ninety nine. dollars uh, But if not yet, I think next week. So we watched Freaky yep. and we want to talk about that and we'll see where we are on time. Uh, you know, we watched Wonder Woman, we watched Soul. There's a lot of things that we watched that came out, but these two were the ones that really stood out to me. And I want to kick off this week's episode with Bridgerton. So... Uh, Bridgerton came out in 2020. It's a uh, show, a series on Netflix produced by Shonda Rhimes. So it's a Shondaland production. Yeah. And that was, for what it's worth for some people, that was actually immediately attractive to me to some degree because uh, my wife has gotten me into Grey's Anatomy and I've... Mm. I have watched the entire run and we do watch it currently. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with her storytelling. I haven't seen her other shows, but I have generally enjoyed the drama <laughs> that is, uh, you know, the Gray Sloan Memorial Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so see, that's interesting because for me, the fact that it was a Shonda Rhimes production was a huge turn off. Yeah. I am mm -hmm. not a Shonda Rhimes fan. I do not dig the overly dramatized stuff that she does and so i came to this because my wife heard it had come out 
Uh, she heard it was interesting. It's a period piece. She heard it was a little bit sexy. And yeah. she was like, I really want to watch this. And I I sort of acquiesced to just to say, like, all right, I'll, I'll watch an episode with you. So we spend a little time together and do watch something you want to watch. Yep. Uh, given that during the season you watch everything I need to watch. Um, and, and just expected nothing from it. And I've got to say, initial pass, and we'll talk a little bit more in just a sec, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I'm 100% there with you because a lot of my friends have been talking about it. Um, and I kind of, kind of like simultaneously, you had mentioned it as um, – my work uh, group of friends was also talking about it. And so I did kind of, when we were in the midst of looking for a new series to watch, we did throw on the preview on Netflix. And I will tell you, the preview did not do it any favors. It just looked like a a mess. I, I don't know what it was about it, but the colors, which I end up really enjoying. I really enjoy the beauty in the show. The colors of just the brightness did it no favors in the trailer. Like, it just looked wrong. It didn't look like anything was really happening. And then you start to hear the rumors and people are like, it's just sex. All of it is sex. There's nothing but sex. And so it was this weird thing where I'm like, there's nothing compelling me to watch it. It looks like something I really would not like. <laughs> that would have been the only thing I needed to hear. Uh, I was like, ladies and gents, you had me at sex. Um, so I, you know, what's interesting is, so I didn't see the trailer. I was completely oblivious to the existence of this show. I'm wondering too, if it was a blessing that I didn't really know much about it. I yeah. just, you know, the night was, I was fine with it being a wash. <laughs> like if I, if I hated it, no harm, no foul. I got to hang yeah. out and snuggle up with my wife and watch a random show. So I think going in, I had zero expectation. I just was happy to sort of follow the thread where it went. And, yeah. and I think the way, like where it took me, it was pleasant. You know, for me, I am a huge fan of period things period sure. piece films television whatever something about it it immediately just invokes this sense of romanticism and and uh, you know I, I think so much about you know like the 2005 pride and prejudice remake where you just have these sweeping views of this english countryside and there's just something about it it just feels good it's like good for the soul you know so that is a huge draw for me the problem is is that these period things tend to be one of two things they're like overly Jane Austen-y, you know, mm-hmm. and just real like thinky, like deep movies. Exactly. Or they're just sort of these basement like, you know, like the Tudors or whatever. It's just this hypersexualized, um, just kind of this grittier, dirtier, like, and that it's a it's an interesting play on the on the, on period pieces, but it yeah. also just feels a little uncomfortable because it's not what you expect. Yeah. And I think this marries all of that so well and sprinkles in the perfect amount of Shonda Rhimes like soap opera-ness that it it just becomes this totally different beast that I just found entertaining and engaging and fun and it just hit the notes perfectly that I didn't even know I wanted. It gave exactly. me just enough of the gritty, dirty sexiness. It gave me just enough of the high, you know, English friliness 
and the perfect amount of trashy soap opera that that happens in a good in a good show. It's just a good show. I'm gonna go somewhere with this and bear with my analogy on this, but I love analogies. It is cotton candy. Okay. Okay. Explain. The colors. Yep. Are bright and fluorescent and you get a lot of these you know pinks and these blues and these high yellows and everything was bright there's yes. even, even even the one or two dreary episodes are still very bright mm. and in a time where i feel like a lot of our tv is dark this was a very bright there's just a lot of light to it and and warm maybe warmer than a lot of shows even in, even in its pastels and stuff for there was warmth to it yeah. and beyond that it was fluffy mm-hmm. you knew there wasn't a lot there right like there oh that's so true there's nothing underneath the surface like for a while a couple episodes i was waiting it's like, okay, where's this going to get complicated? Where, But it, it's all very surface level. Everything is very much on the table. You're not having to, oh, I didn't miss this. We're not playing games with the storyline where somebody did something off camera that we didn't know about, right? Everything is there. You're getting it all up front. But it does get a little sticky and it gets a little, you know, it's it's sweet. It gets sticky and a little messy. But at the end, you're not really disappointed. You ha- You get your good sugar rush. You're happy with what you saw, and you could go for some more in a little while. Like, give me, give me some time, <laughs> yeah. and I'll be ready for some more. Um, and I think they hit it right with eight episodes. Right, that was the perfect amount that they told a good story, but they left you a little bit to see how season two comes, and it will be really interesting to see when I get some more. Tim. I think you just nailed that. I think that should be the analogy that all analogies are based on. Because that crushed it. I agree with you completely. I think, you know, it's what I found myself doing. And and I'm going to, we just did this whole spiel about how we're, you know, we're actually learned people who can have these intelligent conversations. And I, and I don't know that that's necessarily true. Because I'm going to try to find my way there. And I think for me... There is so much that on paper is easy to hate, right? There's so much that on paper you can can just look at it and say, that's not going to work for me. I think, for example, the points of conflict in this series are are weak to say the least. They are not complex issues. In fact, there were moments where I wanted, like my brain was telling me, you should hate this. Like Mm -hmm. these two people for the past six episodes have been a very short and quick conversation away from resolving their problems. Yeah. But, but like painstakingly, like going out of your way to avoid a very simple conversation being the only foundation for what is supposed to be building tension in this conflict that's going to right that's going to keep me rising and rising and rising up until what's expected to be a mid-season sort of you know airing of this massive grievance that's going to send our heroes plummeting down the mountain into the deepest pit of despair so that yeah. they start to climb out one more time just in time for like the great season finale where it leaves us just oh yay and you want that to be something huge and massive and it is i mean i don't want to spoil things um i mean we do talk spoilers but 
you know, so the the main storyline follows Daphne Bridgerton, the eldest daughter, but fourth eldest Bridgerton. Uh, she has three older brothers, and the Bridgertons are this very well-off family, and she has entered society, right? She it is it is courting season. Uh, you know, the the main goal is to marry off these daughters, and she has come of age, and this is her year, and she has the favor of everybody. And there is the Duke who doesn't want to be married, doesn't want to have a family because of his relationship with his own father and so on and so forth. And they are thrust into each other's lives. It is immediately very much Darcy and uh, Lizzie where Mm -hmm. they hate each other from the start because they make these assumptions about one another, but it turns out they couldn't be more perfect for each other. And so you're watching, trying to see, right? Watching, trying to see if it is, it's a poor man. It opens up as a poor man's pride and prejudice. And, and it is, uh, and so you watch in the, the episodes to see if they will find their way to one another and actually find the truth behind this connection that they have. And, and of course, there's these deep, dark secrets that are hidden in the corners, but they're not. They're just so surface level. Um, yeah. You know, the struggles of the brothers and, and oh, I want to marry for love, but my position means that you've seen it all. It, and it Absolutely. is, you know, none it's, of it's a surprise. No, and none of it is deep in any way, shape, or form. But while that should be something you hate, I found myself love. It was, it is. It is Jane Austen light. It is yes. Shonda Rhimes light. It mm-hmm. is Tudor's. It's everything. Light. It is not too much of any one thing, and it is easy to consume. It's fluffy like cotton candy, in a negative way because it is fluff from start to finish. In the sense that there is no substance there. Nope. But you're not. You will find yourself not mad. You'll get to the end. You have no caloric intake. Nothing <laughs> of substance. There are no vitamins. There are zero minerals. <laughs> But you're not mad you ate it. And and that is, I mean, that is the show. That is the show. I liked that I didn't have to, I I wasn't overly invested, but I also wasn't underly invested. (laughs) I wasn't whelmed or overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was just, it it very much, you, for 50-minute episodes, which I still I, that doesn't feel right when I say it. I'm like, oh yeah, these were an hour long episodes because you don't feel like that much really happens. And and you you definitely said it. The what I what I way I was saying it before was that if these are the biggest problems that these people have in their year, they're doing okay. <laughs> right, like, right. Oh, know, this like, is first world problems. Right, right. And it, it's you know it's an easy watch and i think again that's why eight episodes felt good because you know things got tied up to a point and that i don't know that there's anything in there worth stretching you know there's the story was told and it did make it interesting as things were going on as we're getting to the seventh and eighth episode i was starting to figure like feel like things were moving at a pace that was almost too quick to be sustainable for a series. Mm. And I was like, okay, Daphne and the Duke get married. They move to his house. They have marital issues. They resolve their marital issues. 
we get by the end of episode eight, we're pretty sure we're going to expose this gossip girl esque lady Whistledown, who is, you know, right in the gossip rag for the town. And you're like, well, where's this leave us for a season two? And when you look at what the source material is, it makes so much more sense. So the source material is eight novels written about the coming outs, essentially, of all of the eight children. So the next season uh. is going to shift. We're actually going to, we, and we sort of set this up in the end of episode eight, is that Anthony kind of gives up his marriage for love thing that you were talking about right. and assume his place in society of, you know, being the father figure for their family. He's kind of done it in appearance, but has been accused of not actually doing it in practice. And the next series will focus on him. And so Daphne will kind of take a back seat. Her story is kind of complete at this point. Maybe we'll see her, but we're going to shift focus. She will not be the main character anymore. We're, she, we're, she'll be a background character. And we'll get some new characters uh, in, uh, you know, instilled into this. So it does feel very self-contained in those eight episodes. You don't really ever have to watch another one if you don't want to. It, it's kind of you get everything you want and you know, go from there. But next season will be slightly different. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how it holds up over multiple series, only just because, you know, when you invest those initial eight episodes, you really do, I mean, people are just, they won't stop talking about the Duke of Hastings. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and you get used to Daphne being your main lens, and suddenly when it shifts to another character that, that maybe you don't care that much about, um, you know, we've seen it happen in books, we see it happen in series, movie series all the time, that kind of stuff, or yep. really like these anthology, right, where yes. you're no longer following the same characters per se. You know, a subsequent season sometimes, like, do I really care about Hyacinth Bridgerton? I mean... Will I care about her in eight years? I don't know. You know, so yeah. it is nice that if nothing else, they do put a bow on everything. I think part of it was they weren't sure if they were going to get a season two. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but also too, I think it makes, it, it kind of works as this weird anthology type thing where you can kind of jump in anywhere maybe and, and see where you find yourself. We'll know more once season two comes out, um, yeah. which has officially been greenlit and they're going to start production in the spring. So um, yeah. yeah, we'll see how it plays. I think it is interesting because they made such a focus on Eloise, the next daughter, and okay. you don't really think of the sons coming into society per se, right? It right. seems like the men are just always available, uh, yep. waiting on these women. But, um, you know, they really did put emphasis on how Eloise's year is next and she doesn't really want to come out into society and all this kind of stuff. So I, I thought if you were going to go anywhere, it was going to be there. And maybe the Anthony and the boy storylines would just sort of run tangential. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think overall, though, it's just I liked it. <laughs> I liked yeah. it. I, I didn't expect to like it. And and I think, you know, if you're just looking for something fun and moderately engaging and and bright and colorful and, and like I said, just a period piece light, you know, Jane Austen light, then uh, then this is definitely a show for you. I highly recommend it. Yeah. And we haven't really touched on it, but this is the highest, quote unquote, grossing show in Netflix history, like right. their original content, which is sort of surprising because there's been other stuff that we've liked a lot and that's generated buzz. Uh, Haunting mm -hmm. Hill House was was a big um, 
a, a big show for them. Um, even early on, like everybody was watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, like when that was the first kind of a, a Netflix thing. Everybody liked, but this is like tops. And you know, there's a lot of theories out there about why. Um, you know, because as we've sort of laid out there's not a lot going on here. Like there's not nothing, nothing groundbreaking. Um, you know, it's beautiful. It's fluffy. It's sweet, but that's where we are right now as the world. And there's an escape here, right? This oh, is a, that's a, so a, true. It's a simpler time. It is, you know, it is the first, let's worry about the first world problems instead of all of the real world crap. And, you know, we're in the middle of winter. There's a snowstorm in, in the DC area right now up to the, you know, the, the Northeast is getting hammered. And we just watched this beautiful summertime yes. spring season show. That's all flowers and party dresses. And, you know, for a society that hasn't been able to go to giant balls and enjoy ourselves frivolously like that, we're starved for that. So it's almost a little bit of living vicariously. So I also wonder if that will impact future seasons, as, as you were saying. Will will there be a shift in season two where maybe it just doesn't, you know, connect? You know, does it does it pull a Tiger King? And, you know, does anybody care when we've got real content you know real movies to go see you know our favorite tv shows are back in production and you know you can go watch a new season of the walking dead or you know whatever trash reality tv shows you know starts filming again maybe we won't care um it's true it's like a it's like the it's like the nfl going on strike and we're watching the replacements and yeah. this year we're happy to have whatever Right. With this stack up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I think the world always has its messes, and I think you nailed it. I think what makes this enjoyable is that it's a happy mess, and, yep. and it just makes you feel good in a time where we all just needed to feel good. Yep. Yeah. And sex. Oh, yeah. You gotta have that. <laughs> um... All right, so yeah, I think I think that's good. I think that puts a little bow on Bridgerton, and let's move on to 2020's Freaky. Yeah. So if you don't know, Tim and I have talked about it on the show before. Freaky is sort of a uh, slasher. It's like Friday the 13th meets Freaky Friday, right? Mm -hmm. um, I want to say the description. Yeah, the description on IMDb is, after swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer, a young girl in high school discovers that she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes a permanent. So that gives you the, it stars Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. Is it Catherine Newton? Yeah, Catherine Newton. Yeah. Yep. And it is directed by Christopher Landon, who also directed uh, Happy Death Day and Happy Death mm -hmm. Day to You, which are also movies that we talked about in season one. Yeah. Um, I have some strong feelings about this one. Tim, what was your initial impression on this? So I, there was a little bit of a, a buildup, right, after we really, really enjoyed uh, Happy Death Day. And to a, a different degree, Happy Death Day to you, because it, it, it's sort of that continuation, but it's had a different feel to the movie. Yeah. Um, I really end up being kind of a mixed bag of feelings about this movie. I yeah. think there are some really, really strong parts to this movie. I think Vince Vaughn was a lot of fun um, mm -hmm. to see him kind of... He is Vince Vaughn. He does his Vin his best Vince Vaughn, but there's just that that element of a body switch movie where you see this giant lumbering man 
in you know inhabited by this meek little high school girl he pulls that off really well and he is the highlight of this movie i did like the slasher aspects of it i feel like they did some really good work kind of doing homage to 80s slasher i think friday the 13th was is kind of on par there's a lot of over-the-top graphic uh practical effects some some really obvious uh murder scenes where you're like that's a dummy but like that's a slasher movie that is you know a non-cg slasher movie Mm -hmm. um but ultimately it ends up ringing hollow it it misses the mark where happy death day kept you engaged and you were in the premise from beginning to end and you saw that character growth you this kind of loses steam and there's really outside of the we have 24 hours to get back to our bodies there's really not mm, no other stakes here and nothing else is really resolved and everything just goes maybe goes back to the way it was Sort of, maybe like Millie ends up with a boyfriend. That might be the only great. thing that changes. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was definitely enjoyable. It was a great Saturday afternoon movie to watch. Um, I had uh, my sister come visit to, to meet the baby for the first time. Everybody was tested and you know safe, so nobody needs to worry <laughs> about that. Um, and it was you know it was a great kind of let's eat some snacks and hang out and watch a movie movie. So I, I'm kind of in the middle on it Uh, you know i'm I'm lukewarm yeah i think i had really strong feelings about this one and and i think my final decision is probably gonna be made at the end of of my rant here yeah yeah. (laughs) but you know because i this is one of those that when you watch it you're gonna want to talk through it with somebody you know because in watching it i think number one it suffered quite a bit from the build-up I was really, really looking forward to this. And while I went into Bridgerton with zero expectations, I went into Freaky with very high expectations. And so it really only had down to go. And that's that's <laughs> never a good thing. I mean, I admit, and I, and I try my best to adjust because I know that I go into things with that bias, right? Like, yeah. we, we all do. So number one, there was high expectations going in. You know, I think, again, sort of following the thread of what, maybe failed for me it was you know it wasn't a bad slasher right it checks the boxes for a slasher movie you don't expect much substance from a slasher movie and it and it gives you some decent gore and some fun kills Uh, that's a weird statement to say but you know if if what you're looking for is that you know it scratches that itch right as you said an homage to those 80s slashers It, it truly is that um, in a way that Happy Death Day really isn't, right? Happy right. Death Day, the subtlety of it makes it watchable for almost anybody. Um, this one has some genuine kills in it, and, and it goes a step further than Happy Death Day did. But I think the selling point for this wasn't so much the slasher part as it was meant to be the twist on the slasher. And that twist comes in the form of this Freaky Friday uh happening right yeah where somehow this crazy unknown way that is not explored at all right we are broadly introduced to this dagger the butcher killing another family stumbles upon it because the guy happens to be oh he's such an art collector (laughs) so he has this ancient knife from like this what seems to be like some type of like aztec you know culture and he stabs 
Millie, who is our protagonist, with this knife on the 50-yard line of the football field, which unveils like this giant temple below her, uh-huh. right? Yep. None of this comes into play later, by the way. And, yep. uh, and, and so they end up switching bodies a few hours later. They go home, they go about their business, everything is fine, but at the stroke of midnight, you know, they switch bodies. I think where it suffers is that zero attention is paid to that storyline. When you yeah. think about Freaky Friday, what makes it a fun movie is is the same thing that Shazam is interesting or Big was interesting. It is watching someone live in the body of somebody else for a length of time. And yes. as a result of that, learning something about themselves and the other person that causes them to grow as a character. This movie is totally and completely devoid of character development or growth. Yes. And and that is a major, major missing point. Mm-hmm. Because that is where we find ourselves. That is where we find the the true conflict and the true resolution of that, right? Is is the character's arc through the narrative. Um, the narrative is point A to point B in this. It yes. is... I got stabbed. I have until midnight to to stab them and switch this whole thing. Yep. And the conflict that they run into during it is fine. You know, yeah. uh, okay, my sister's a cop. Everything feels very random. Everything yes. feels very thrown together. Yep. Um, the problem too here, and, and I want to pose this to you, is that thinking about Freaky Friday in particular, a daughter becomes the mom, the mom becomes the daughter, and they must live in those bodies for a length of time. And, and the, you know, they, it's a mother-daughter relationship that's strained and, and they find common ground, they understand each other's plights a bit more, and in the end, grow closer for it. Here, it is a serial killer swapping lives with a high school student. They have no connection to one another. They are in a normal situation, a normal, in a normal Freaky Friday situation, <laughs> right? You need that connection in order to to have that growth driven by those differences. But neither one of them can find a common ground or relate to one another. They are completely like that is just not a path for them. In addition, right. the serial killer is a one note, right? Yes. He he is a he lives in a crack house. He has no family. He speaks no lines. You know, it is it's a nothing character. It would have been far more interesting, perhaps, if they had switched. And the serial killer is a family man. He has kids he, like a Dexterish type of personality where yeah. she has to live a life while also trying to save her friends and do all that stuff. Right. And yes. also, too, like the serial killer is known to the population immediately. And right. so, you know, she has everything just feels so rushed. Um, yeah. Whereas where the conflict in the family is, is between Millie and her mother, who's an alcoholic and just lost her husband, the sister who struggles with her mom's struggle and her own loss of her father and is a cop and all this kind of stuff. But nothing happens between them. It's never really explained how that gets resolved. No one grows or changes. No nope. one understands the other, right? Because they're not the ones that switched. It is, it, it is such a hollow, hollow movie. Yeah, they, they did themselves no favors by going the route that they did. You know, like you said, not giving the, 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 the butcher 
a anything <laughs> like anything uh, he's, he, yeah. he's got nothing he he shows up at the beginning and you're not even sure for a majority of this movie and i'm still not sure uh, as i sit here and talk about it whether he is even a you know a human person right like right. is is he a supernatural entity a la jason and freddy or is there a michael myers thing going on here and because because you don't know the way that they talk about him in the in the opening slaughter scene is that he's this urban legend and he's known to everybody but we don't really know about any previous murders and then these four kids are murdered and everybody knows him and you know he didn't have to kill all those four kids in the beginning why did he well it seemed like he was just after that knife for some reason right like why was he drawn to that specific piece of weird aztec memorabilia and did he need to slaughter these kids violently to get it and what does he do with it after that mm. like it's not like he knew it had that body flip potential right? <laughs> like, i don't you, that just gets lost so yeah you don't have any of that element of you know there's nothing he can't be redeemed right there's no in right. the end like this saves him or she you know millie inadvertently saves him because he walks a mile in her shoes no he he dies that's it it's over <laughs> and you know they i guess in the end the her family comes together to all kill him <laughs> and save each other together but you know she doesn't really go anywhere either because of that because she's just trying to evade capture by the police long enough to get back into her own body so right she like i said gets a boyfriend in the end and learns that by inhabiting the body of a huge man that she has confidence yeah I, she has her own internal strength but and that's the i think you you make a really good point you know now i don't necessarily need the killer to be redeemed in fact we want him dead and that's yeah. fine it is just that in this switch our protagonist can't be redeemed there is no there is just no there's no win condition here because yeah. she has nowhere to go she's not gonna really learn about herself except maybe that having the strength of a middle-aged man gives her more confidence in herself maybe it makes her appreciate her femininity or whatever i mean I, I don't know but like but number one it's just not made clear i, I think you know there's just there's just nothing there and and, yeah. and the fact that you're supposed to i'm supposed to buy in that just because in the end the family all kids you know the mom the daughter and the sister all kill this guy together and then all is forgiven you know yeah. it's like there seems in the beginning there seems to be very deep rooted animosity between the sister and the mom you know and and the the mom you know drinking through everything and, and and forgetting about millie and and all this kind of stuff and and that just gets resolved you know i think i think too even with the with the supernatural elements of the movie right you know in freaky friday like things are kind of known it's like well if you wish in this well or if you touch this thing or in jumanji you play this game you get sucked in right you understand the lore behind it there is yeah. zero about that and yep. and it's all surface level stuff to the point where like 
I, I thought in the opening scene when he stabs her for the first time that like the school was built on some ancient temple and yeah. that being there in that moment with that knife caused this to happen and that to undo it, you'd have to be there again. But no, you could just stab right. him anywhere. Like you yep. just needed the knife. So, so why show me the temple, right? Yeah. Just have the knife glow and the clouds part and, and let's move on. You yeah. know, there, it just seemed a lot of confusion for confusion's sake, not a lot of substance, not enough growth. And, and that really weakened it because honestly, the only thing holding this as entertaining is Vince Vaughn's portrayal of Millie, like yeah. a la what we've seen in the Jumanji movies, right? Mm -hmm. Watching, yep. uh, I mean, Jack Black, Jack Black in the first Jumanji <laughs> as yes. that girl killed me. And, yep. and this does that same thing. But when that wears off right and, yeah. and it does it very quickly you suddenly realize that you're watching nothing yeah you you're really early on there's some great hits there are some hysterical lines there are some great moments uh, when he, when she as the butcher wakes up in his crack den and runs into a fellow <laughs> crackhead oh my god that and, scene was hilarious you know he he's like I'm a teenage girl. Like I feel like a teenage girl, and the crackhead's like, I want to feel like a teenage girl. I want some of those drugs. And then he makes this hilarious uh, blowjob for money joke, which was <laughs> fantastic. Um, and then there's another scene later on where she uses the bathroom for the first time, and she's in there shaking it off after using her penis for the first time, and she starts swishing. Ooh, this is yeah, fun. But Jack like, Black did that already, right? You know right. what I mean? And yeah. I I like the bathroom scene where she's sitting in the bathroom and looking at the writing <laughs> in boys' bathrooms. And, you know, there's just these little moments. I was off-put by the scene with the boyfriend, Booker, where uh -huh. it's her and Vince Vaughn's body. And it, and it wasn't anything other than just like, I don't know. It, that was, it just... <laughs> It made me uncomfortable, but I was laughing and smiling at the same time. When they were gonna, when they were gonna hook up for the first yeah, time. Yeah, but I was like, uh, you know, and it wasn't that it was two dudes; it was that it was a kid and a grown yeah. man. That's right. what made me. That's what grossed me out a little. Right. That was a little too far for me. You yeah. know, it was just like, ah, uh, this is this is too pedo ish. Uh, yeah. I don't dig it. Um, yeah. but anyways, so there are some real highlights. Yeah, but that wears off and it wears thin when it isn't supported by real content even just the yeah. slight when we just praised bridgerton and it's fluff this couldn't even deliver that level of fluff and and that was a huge disappointment for me i think at the end of the day you know my expectations were high i paid for it i i bought it for 15 bucks I yeah. think if I hadn't bought it, if I had seen this on like HBO or stars or whatever, something you're already paying a subscription for, I wouldn't have been mad. Like you said, right? Like, you know, it was, it would have been a Saturday afternoon watch and, and you know, you probably been like, eh, that was okay, but you're not going to feel really strongly one way or another. Yeah. But I think if you're, you know, I, I think I got to kind of give it two ratings. If you can watch this movie for free, sure, sure. You know, I think yeah. Vince Vaughn's performance is funny enough. I think that the concept is uniqueish enough that it is entertaining and engaging for an hour and a half. It is yes. not a massive investment. Right. Um, I think if you have to pay any amount of money that you don't already pay to a subscription, be it a rental or anything else, I would say absolutely no. 
Yeah. You know, spending money on this made me angrier uh, than I would have been otherwise. So, yeah. so I think if it's free, sure. I think if it's, I think if it's something you have to pay to to enjoy, you're not going to enjoy it, and you're going to be pissed off that you paid for it. So it would be yeah. a no. Yeah, uh, it's definitely you know if you're looking at this as like a, a, a trilogy of. Um, you know, trope movies done differently. So looking at Happy Death Day with its Groundhog's Day. God, it's such a better movie. Yeah. And then looking at Happy Death Day to you, which is, it's that time shift movie, right? Right. It's not, it's not, it's not your Groundhog's Day anymore. It's, it's like that, that scientific quantum leap butterfly effect movie. And now this with your body switch, you know, Freaky Friday movie, we've progressively, declined in quality right and you know happy death day to you was fun it took a little bit of getting used to being like tacked on as a almost an ex you know extension of the first movie but it was a different feel right you went Mm -hmm. from like slasher to to uh, like a sci-fi thriller this you know just doesn't take that baton and run with it. it it just falls flat and doesn't explore enough or keep it as interesting enough to the way that it happened in those first movies and so that's where the letdown comes in you know you set this bar high especially with a movie that we were you know had no expectations for and were really pleasantly surprised by this just doesn't fully pay off or 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 feel as invested as even you know happy death day to you there's just you get to the end and you're over the shtick and things are done (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, I if you're looking for a unique spin, it gives you a little slasher and a little some other type of trope. Go with the Groundhog Day. Tomorrow is Groundhog's Day. Yeah. I mean, not when you listen to this. Tuesday was because this will air on Thursday and today's Monday. And that's just how podcasting works. But, right. uh, you know, Groundhog's Day was this week. So so go with Happy Death Day. You, you Excellent character arc. Excellent yeah. character development. And, you know, whereas she is a complete trash heap at the beginning and through the course of trying to solve her murder also is is shown the errors of her ways to various people and how she affects them and yep. and there's interesting twists in terms of who did it and who didn't and they really set the stage for a lot of room to play this movie is one note freaky yes. is one note you know so if you want something that um if you want something that Christopher Landon did well Watch Happy Death Day. It suits the week better, and Freaky is really just not worth your time unless you have access to it somehow for free. This is ultimately going to be the experience, I think, that we're in for for a while with this stuff that maybe was initially held out from wide release or things that go into a quote-unquote wide release while we're still in, in, in lockdown and other places maybe have lifted a little bit, right? Since we've been off the air you know, Sony has delayed a lot of their tentpole movies again by another six months. So pushing a lot of stuff to next fall that was maybe going to come early this summer. So I think we're going to get more of this middle of the road type stuff that is pushed out in this format that is just not worth the wait for the revenue. Right. So I think it's sort of no surprise when you end up watching this, you're like, Eh, you know, if this was normal times, I'm not really sure where this would have landed at the box office, if at all. Yeah, no, fully agreed. 
All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Episode one of season two, the big premiere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we touched on Bridgerton, available now on Netflix. And we also talked about Freaky, which is only available for rent or purchase. Do not recommend doing that. Um, and let's see, what else? Yeah, everything else is the same, guys. You can still get to us at www.positivereviews.com. Find us on Instagram. That has pretty much been shut down for the most part during the break. That'll start firing back up this week with some more reviews and, uh, and other content to come. Uh, there'll be some changes we may not post as frequently as we were at first while we try to fire up some of these other things that we're trying to get going there on Instagram. Um, but eventually we'll get back up to speed. So give us a little time there. Um, but you can always look for us there and shoot us messages, that kind of stuff, you know, available on Podbean, this episode, Podbean app, and also everywhere you get your podcasts. You can email us, pausedreviews at gmail.com. So many ways to contact us. Share your thoughts, what you think about our review things you want us to watch things you want us to talk about questions that you have we can set up a hundred different ways to get uh to get that content out to you and we are always open to hear your thoughts uh that is what we want more than anything yeah. else otherwise i think a pretty successful episode back we're knocking the dust off we're getting the yeah. rust off and we are uh getting ready to fire on all cylinders so much to look forward to this season guys we're gonna have new guest hosts we're gonna have all kinds of stuff coming at you so stay tuned and we are so happy to be back with you oh one more big piece of news not only are we available everywhere that we've always been available but we starting now in season two are also available on youtube yeah. so if for some reason you listen to podcasts on youtube you can listen to us there too so <laughs> tune into youtube if that helps just search the paused reviews podcast but if you search for our full name you should get the the link to our page up at the top and you can subscribe thank you so much for listening as always i'm your boyfriend this is tim and it's so good to be back and we will catch you guys next week see ya I'm going to go put a baby to bed. <laughs> what the? <laughs> I'm going to go put a baby. I was like, Tim, you already did that once. Oh, to bed, to bed. You're going to put a baby to bed. <laughs> yeah. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you. We'll see you guys later. Peace.